HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. The following program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.kane5.com. Hey, and welcome to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Here today, uh, graced by the presence of Paul Lowe, who many people know as Sweet Paul, the hey, EIC I'm mastermind behind Sweet Paul Magazine. That's, How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here. Um, this is right on the heels of your winter release, which is yes. just perfect for this holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, Starting from the beginning, though, you aren't from around here. You were born somewhere else. I was born and raised in Norway, in yeah. Oslo, the capital, which is, uh, you know, a million people, which is now my neighborhood in Brooklyn. So yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, I was like, where the hell are all these people? Yeah. yeah. People. Um, yeah, no, I, I've been living now in New York for six years. Yeah, and where were you prior to that? Mainly in Norway? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, do you remember certain things that you ate when you're growing up like what is it lutka fish and oh lutka fish yeah i hate that <laughs> oh it's yeah. horrible what is it my it, dad loves it it's, it's, it's actually cod yeah it's dry cod yeah like bacalao yeah that's been soaked in lye mm, lye yeah, yeah. Sounds, <laughs> sounds wonderful <laughs> um it gets Sort of a gelatinous uh, texture, <laughs> All which is so appetizing. So yeah, <laughs> and then you serve it with um, you serve it with bacon bits and bacon fat. Yeah, potatoes and peas. 
Yeah, so everyone eats the little bacon bits and leaves the fish. More, yeah, that's what I always did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some other traditional foods of Norway? Uh, tons of pork. Yeah. You know, the whole Scandinavia is like, you know, pork mania. Um, and, of course, we have a lot of fish. Yeah. A lot of good fish and lots of good seafood. But I remember growing up, it was like tons of pork in every variation you can think of. Yeah, see, I think I had the preconcept that it's fish, pickled fish, herrings. Well, it's a lot of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, with this rise of Nordic cuisine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the world right now, are you seeing a lot of uh, Nordic influences come to New York? I, I've seen it with the whole pickle, um, how should I say, the whole pickle adventure <laughs> that's happening now, yeah. you know, everywhere. Because that's a very Scandinavian thing, to pickle everything. Yeah. Because, you know, we had short summers. So we had to, you know, find a way to preserve a summer. Yeah. So that's why, you know, we, we were pickling. And that's, you know, that, that huge thing is absolutely, you know, coming here. Yeah. And it's funny because it is a preservation method. Um, but now we're in this rife season. Winter. Winter has this glorious light in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's it's amazing. It's this blue. It's this light blue light yeah. that you find, which is just so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to those influences because it's it's completely resonant in the latest issue of Sweet Paul. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we worked over in Europe for a little. Um, mm-hmm. Did you always uh, figure you were going to be a stylist or working in design somehow? No, my my life has been complete, like, uh, it's so random. I grew up, I, f- I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And I was pretty certain that that's what, what, was, what I was going to end up as. But um, when I was 18, I applied to the, in Norway, we just had one school back then. So I applied, I didn't get in. And I was like, well, FM, you know. <laughs> They don't know what they're missing. Yeah. And then um, a friend of my mom, actually, he had a flower shop. And he was like, oh, Paul is so creative. Maybe he wants to, you know, work at my shop a little bit. I think he's just trying to get free labor at that point. <laughs> well, I did get paid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did that. And I thought, actually, that was kind of fun. So I, I turned myself into a florist. So I was doing flowers for like six, eight years. And then a friend of mine was uh, was a photographer, and she was like, yeah, I think you could be a good stylist. Do you want to try? So I did a couple of jobs with her, and then we went up to a magazine and showed them, and they were like, oh, this is great. We'll buy whatever you make. Yeah. So I was thinking, I remember going home making a list, you know, pros and cons with, you know, with having a flower shop, because I had my own shop, and the list was... The, the the list got like longer and longer. I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a stylist. Yeah. <laughs> so that first job where that photographer said, "Hey, mm-hmm. do you want to try being a stylist?" What did you do? What is a stylist? Is somebody that moves things around into a pattern, or is it somebody that makes things? No. Uh, what I it's it's different from different people. What I do, I usually come up with a whole concept or the whole story. Yeah. Um, what it's about, the recipes, the food. Um, you know what the food is on the plates, the backgrounds, all the props. So that's that's what I do. Um, so I remember the first story we did was about apples, and we went into. She knew about this old abandoned house in a forest. Yeah. So we went in there. It's actually kind of spooky. So we went in there and kind of like opened the door and 
they had some beautiful old tables and some old wallpapers. So we were doing everything in there. It, it turned out really pretty, actually. Yeah. And that's now like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. So it sounds like it's a bit location scouting, part art directing. That The stylus yes. is really this yeah. linchpin. Um, for other creatives to work around. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So I, I, I constantly, um, well, being a photographer, constantly ask art directors, can we please have a stylist? Yes. Set? Knowing how important uh, are all their skills It's very are. important. Now, we also make your job much easier because, you know, we, we, we do this every day, so we know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so we can say, uh-uh, not that plate. Step away from the plate. <laughs> Use this one. Yeah. So, I mean, you must have an enormous collection of wares of plates i used to have yeah um when i moved to the states i sold everything (laughs) and i've been trying (laughs) i've been trying to sort of keep stuff you know not piling up but actually the other day my partner said paul we need to have a talk (laughs) so it's obviously not going that well yeah yeah (laughs) with the piling well i mean yeah it's hard to sometime not be a hoarder (laughs) While yeah. you're a stylist, you see all these little inspirations everywhere. Yeah, and I'm I'm often working on several stories at a time. Yeah, so I have like piles for every story. <laughs> so I think I think he's a little like I think yeah I I, I need to get an office. <laughs> so I mean it's winter right now. The winter <clears throat> issue just came out, but where's your mind? Like, what season are you actually in? Well, right now I'm thinking next fall. Yeah, um, but I'm working mostly on the, the spring issue. Yeah. And what what are themes, topics of the spring issue? Um, spring tarts, peas, asparagus, flowers. Anything that's kind of like you feel is springy. Yeah. How hard is it to source those things at this time, though? Um, it's, it's not that hard, actually. If you... If you're thinking about food like ingredients, if you go to the, the farmer's market, you can yeah. find a lot of stuff. Yeah. There are actually people who sell like pea shots and that's, those things. So it's it's possible. But it's not, you know, it doesn't have the same, it's not a, as abundant as it is in spring. Yeah. You know. So when conceptualizing winter, what, we, we were probably in summer, maybe even spring? Yeah, summer. Yeah. What were your thoughts? I mean, we talked about that amazing Nordic light. Yeah. And you did this spread, uh, in the magazine, all about um, driftwood, and it was white, and it was blown out, and it was dreamlike. Yeah, I when I'm I'm creating sort of uh, when I'm putting together, you know, each issue, I try to think about what would I like to see, because I kind of I use myself as the <laughs> I use myself as the reader. Yeah. Um, so I. Um, <sighs> I just come up with stuff that I want to see and I want to kind of learn more about. And then I, I just take it from there. And the old driftwood thing was, I ordered um, a couple of boxes of driftwood on Etsy. Yeah. People will sell everything, anything. And um, they've been lying around for a couple of years. I'm thinking, I need to do something with them. And I was thinking, oh, it would be kind of cool to do something holiday with driftwood. I don't ever think I've seen that. Yeah. So I, I try to come up with stuff that, you know, people hasn't seen before. Yeah. And uh, it turned out really pretty. No, it was stunning. And, you know, all that whitewash. And, yeah. Um, usually that stuff can be so precious, like overly precious. And there was some kind of rustic yeah. appeal still to this. Well, I think, I think the thing is that, you know, 
it, the story was a little bit feminine, but you know, I'm a man, so I'm trying. I do it like with my touch. I think if a woman did it, it would be maybe. I don't mean to say anything wrong. But yeah, it might be a little over the board. Yeah, you know. So um, I always try to I always try to keep like a rustic thing in everything I do. Yeah. So when did you start, Sweet Paul? Because this is issue seven, right? Yes, I started uh, two years ago. Yeah, and um, like you said, it you know you try to figure out what you want to read and you put that into the magazine. Yeah. Did you start it for yourself? Did you start it for as a lookbook? Did you start no, it? No, I actually started it for myself. I started as for something creative that I could do when no one can tell me what they want. No one can come and say, I don't like that plate. I don't like that wallpaper. I don't like this. I don't like that. Yeah. Because I get a little tired of, you know, you know how photo shoots are. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of people, everyone has an opinion. <coughs> Sorry. And um, I was just really tired of being told what to do. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, I was like, I want to create something that's 100% mine. Yeah. This is my aesthetic. This is what I believe in. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's it's not 100% you. And that's what I find so engaging, that it's collaborative. Yeah. That you have oh, your favorite people in there. Um, yes. Yes. Um, uh, the fun thing with the... The holiday issue is that I asked, you know, my favorite photographers to cook, style, and shoot, you know, a holiday dish each that they, you know, that meant something to them. Yeah. And at first, I think some of them kind of panicked a little bit. <laughs> but I have to say, it turned out really, really cool. And people love that story because they, they kind of get to know the people that I work with. Yeah. Because, you know, I work with a lot of the same people. Yeah. So, um, so, <clears throat> yeah, um, people love that story. Yeah. I, I may butcher some of these people's names. Oh, that's but, fine. Um, Alexandra, how do you say her last name? Grablevsky. Grablevsky. She does a wonderful Gravlox. Yeah, and it's so uh, pretty. Yeah. Ooh, and that was like so close to my heart because, yeah. you know, my grandmother used to make Gravlox every holiday. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's amazing and we would eat she would actually make like from two huge salmons and by the end of the whole day there was nothing left <laughs> um but you range from things that are uh, are foreign to you too uh francis janish mm-hmm. uh makes a bobo tea which i just uh learned a bobo tie i'm not exactly sure i'm not sure that. how we pronounce yeah. it either well she's from south africa and that's a very south african dish yeah but it's funny it's like a mix between um bread pudding and meat pie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But it's delicious yeah i never she 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 told me several times francis if you're listening you told me you would make it for me <laughs> yeah you still haven't very disappointed yeah now we have it on the air we have yes proof. please yeah we're gonna hold her to it but it looks really good and um i also thought it kind of a little bit like moussaka oh yeah yeah definitely but not as some creamy. of the spices yeah. no no it looks much drier but it's it seems really good yeah um what else was on there? Well, Ellen Silverman, who's one of my favorite food photographers. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, what was it? Tuscan, Tuscan herb. Tuscan, yes. It looked... Um, pork uh, roast, yeah. It looked amazing. She's... I, I have to say, I'm so extremely lucky to have all these extremely talented people to work with me on this. Yeah. Because, you know, they work for, you know, very little and no pay. And... Um, you know, these are big names in in food photography. Yeah, so hey. I'm really lu- I'm really lucky. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, it, it shows that they're excited to, like you said, do something without direction. To give them yes. an assignment and yes. say, uh, do all these parts by yourself, as intimidating as that is, mm. it's also exhilarating. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the whole uh, working on a shoot, for me, it's all about... Uh, it's kind of like a dance with you and the photographer. You know, it's very important to, to have, like, the right uh, mood and, and, you know, we, we're there to try to create something as beautiful as possible. Yeah. So what kind of dance? Is it Well, it's more ballet or is it hip-hop? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like a traditional Norwegian folk dance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing clogs, of yeah. course. Because you can't hear anything with the still photography, so you're only like clomping around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the two years, you have these constant themes in there, too. You mm-hmm. have Recipe Mondays, Craft Fridays. Mm. What are some of the other thematic uh, features? Well, I have this one thing called from uh, Murmush Kitchen. Murmur means uh, grandmother in English, uh, in Norwegian, and... Um, it's these little stories from when I was a kid and growing up. My because my grandmother lived with us, and she was an amazing cook. So she was the one who taught me how to cook and sort of got my whole interest for food going. And she did everything like the old-fashioned way, you know. She would actually make like gravy and bechamel from scratch. Yeah. You know, there was no there were no mixes in our kitchen. Yeah, did you carry on that tradition then? Did you DIY in your own kitchen, or were you yeah. fed mainly by your grandmother? No, I I I, I, I certainly I, I I do. Yeah, I do. There's no reason to make gravy from a mix. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean, it's funny because I I actually do know some stylists who don't really cook for themselves. But I feel yeah, like- I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and lie. I'm, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't like. I don't. I don't cook every night. I certainly don't, um, because when it's your work, it's and if you've been you've been cooking all day, it's it's like if you're a chef in a restaurant, you come out and the only thing you kind of want is just like a hot dog or something. Yeah, <laughs> because you're just so fed up of food. I know it sounds really strange to be so fed up of food, but you just you just you want something very simple. I I can come home and craving like a good piece of bread with butter and a slice of cheese and I'm happy. Yeah, that's what I have for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I don't need any like any fancy stuff at all. But I you know, when I have the time, I do love to um, I do love to cook. Yeah. So yeah. and what are some of your you know, better recipes? Are they of Norwegian descent or No, I'm very I'm very proud of my maple syrup chicken. Ooh. I do a really good roasted chicken. Where um, I put the chicken, a fingerling potatoes, shallots, garlic, um, all of it in a roasting pan, and then olive oil. I do um, some apricot um, jam and maple syrup Ooh, on top of the chicken. Wonderfully wintry. It's so good. And the gravy, man, the gravy. Because you take those drippings, you add a little more maple syrup, and then stock and cream, and just let that simmer it's like heaven <laughs> I decided I'm going to open up Sweet Paul's gravy restaurant and just serve <laughs> that and everything because I think it's going to be a big hit yeah just gravy over everything that's the best gravy ever yeah. I tell you I'm not lying it's the best gravy ever yeah yeah. is it in any of your magazines on your blog I had it posted on the blog and I, I was it was on in the fall issue the last 
um, last year. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that yeah, out. Yeah. It's so it's really good. Yeah. Um, let's actually talk about your winter issue right now because mm-hmm. there are some amazing recipes that you know we haven't mentioned yet, mm-hmm. um, and they aren't of food; they're of crafts. Mm-hmm. Making your own wrapping paper mm-hmm. and uh, iterations of new wreaths. Mm. Um, the wrapping paper. How did you concept that? I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I, I'm one of many that goes out and buys. Or I'm actually a terrible wrapper, so sometimes I just put things in bags or underneath blankets. Well, that's, you know, yeah. that's fine too. Yeah. Um, well, in each issue, there's a there's a bunch of craft stuff, <coughs> and uh, <coughs> I. Um, I'm very big on um, recycling and using stuff that you, I think it's amazing if you can make something of something that you have. So I started with um, just a roll of white paper, like white crafting paper. And then I have to admit, I kind of like looked in the shelves and in the closet to saw what I had, which I could use, like old stamps. Um, you know, um, ribbons, colorful uh, tape, all that stuff. I just think it's really cool to make something that looks really good out of something that, you know, people wouldn't think about using. Yeah, well, that's how uh, I think Lobster First was concepted. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, artichokes. There's a whole bunch of things that aren't <laughs> yes. the most slightly yeah. raw thing. No, I know. Yeah, yeah raw artichoke. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, the wreaths too. I mean, there there were so many different versions mm-hmm. from your traditional, almost garland like to my favorite, and it's not just because of my profession. The the photo wreath. Yeah, that's that's a really cool one. I took old photos, black and white photos, and I simply just glued them onto um, a cardboard wreath. Um, it's kind of like a may I say a wreath of memories. <laughs> a little cheesy, but. Yeah. My favorite was the one. It's the season to be cheesy. <laughs> exactly. My favorite was the one with all the little. Um, I bought um, a bunch of uh, wooden beads in different sizes. Yeah. And glued it onto a um, to um, a metal reef. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It was very like modern Scandinavian. Yeah. Um, when you you know go out and see wooden balls, do you buy them with the intention of making a wreath, or do you just go out and? buy little bits and pieces and figure out how they connect well sometimes i just buy stuff because i think it's cool like yeah. i went to brimfield flea market and i bought a huge bag of old stamps i paid like 40 dollars for a big bag <laughs> and i came home and i opened it up and i was thinking oh my god it's so many beautiful colors so actually the other day i made like a like a whole picture where i just took like different kinds of blue stamps and just glue them next to each other yeah. on a board. And it was actually really cool. Yeah. So are you at home crafting most of the time? If I'm not... No. If I'm not working on a story, I'm usually... No. It's, yeah. it's If I'm crafting, I'm doing it for a story. Because, you know, it's my job. I do it so much. So, no, I don't put on Frank Sinatra and have a glass of wine and like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to craft. Yeah. No. <laughs> But, I mean, I think that's, you know, at least sometimes uh, my mind's eye of what stylists do in their spare time. Yeah, we're, that's, 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 a, that's just a lie. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I think when we don't work, we're kind of like, just give me the remote control and 
Coke, and I'm really happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the more absurd things that people have asked you to make for them? Oh, well, the most absurd thing ever was a turducking. Turduckling. Yeah. A chicken inside a duck inside a turkey. Yeah. Yeah. It took us a whole day because there were like a different sauce and a different stuffing between each layer. And I told them beforehand, this is going to look like total crap. <laughs> and of course it did. Um, it was it was like, it was just a horror. Yeah. I mean, who wants to like, really? That's, this shows that, okay, if you're ordering that, you have too much money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's wrong with just a duck? Well, I mean, I guess I realized during this Thanksgiving that you should uh, almost only eat things that like almost physically happen in nature and if i ever saw you know a duck up a chicken's ass up a turkey's ass i probably wouldn't want to eat it no you're probably like oh yeah <laughs> instead of there's nothing wrong with you if you were like mm, that looks tasty yeah <laughs> just remove the feathers and we're ready to go yeah. <laughs> um so when you concept these stories and people say oh we need these kind of crafts for this kind mm-hmm. of food what side of the fence you sit on? Do you just do you know the prop styling, uh, the product styling, or do you also do the food styling? And cook no, it I all? do the food styling too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you gain that skill? Was it literally on the job? You know, it was nothing I ever like um, went to school for. I haven't gone to school for anything. Um, it 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 just happened. It was just something you know I started to do, and I was testing a lot with my friend. Um, and just, just by testing, really. You know? Yeah. I get a lot of emails from people who want to be, like, food stylists. And I say to them all the same thing. You just have to test and test and test and try to become better and better and better. Because it's the only way to become really good at it is to work a lot. Yeah. So it's rote experience. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That and assisting. Try to find like a good food stylist that you like in the system. Yeah. Because that's how you're going to learn. Yeah. So there are a couple of books, but you know it's not the same thing. You need to see with your own eyes how it's done. You need to have it in your hands. It's yeah. a very yeah. tactile thing. Very. So do you have a, like a, a power <clears throat> product, a, a vegetable, fruit, uh, protein that you're really good at working with, and then do you have one that just will not work for you at all? I mean... I tend not to do... I mean, I do most things. Some baking can be really tricky. Um, I have to say. There's, there's people that specialize in... There's people that specialize in everything. You know how you see, like, the perfect dollop on a baked potato or a dollop of cream? Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's one woman who specializes in dollops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's busy. Yeah. This, this really, pe- is her name Dollop Pardon? <laughs> Dollop Pardon. <laughs> yes. And there's people that specialize in this ice cream. Yeah. To get like that perfect scoop with the, with the, the skirt underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more like, like an all around kind of guy. I like, to, I like to make food that looks like it's actually made by a person. So you don't have, you know, now that it's Thanksgiving or it's been Thanksgiving, you've seen all these amazing turkeys in the magazines yeah and they're so tight and they're so golden and it's just like but they kind of some of them looks like they're made of plastic 
Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. I know on the first food styling shoot I was ever on, mm. we sprayed the shit out of a turkey with floor spray. Yeah. And then yeah. torched it with a heating element. Yeah. And we had to go through, I don't know how many dozen, but they started rotting from the inside out. Of because course. Because it, it was hot lights, not strobes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost didn't eat turkey for, you know, a few years because of that shoot. I was on a shoot once where we made a turkey, but there wasn't... They wasn't completely happy with it, but the turkey was in a perfect position on the table. It was with like a bunch of food. So they wanted us to leave the turkey <laughs> so that we can place a new turkey exactly where it was. Yeah. So they left the turkey there overnight. It was so horrible. Yeah. Oh, God, the next day. Just, yeah. So actually, that leads me on to this uh, idea of, you know, all this food's being cooked on set. Mm. Do you make it so it's edible? I mean, yeah, often we often we eat it for lunch. Yeah, so very it's often sustainable in a sense. Yeah, I, I, my secret trick is a little spray bottle of water. Yeah, to keep things moist and and, and stuff like that. It's and but the, but the reason why is of course now that everything is digital. Mm-hmm. So you know now you put the food in front of the camera, snap, 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 and you're more or less done. Yeah. Unless there's like bunch tons of tweaking, but you know in the olden days it was like you know very very you know heavy lighting, <coughs> um, you know, Polaroids. Everything took a lot of time, so often you had to make the food like two or three times. But now it's like it's like a dream. Yeah. So now that the workflow has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, what things have been eliminated? You don't have to make as many. Uh... No, you can actually use real ice cream. You can make. You can use real cream. You can. You can use real stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to be fake anymore. Yeah. You know. So that must be exhilarating. Well, it is because you can actually eat it. It's horrible to waste. You know. We waste so much food. It's horrible. Yeah. But now, when it when it's actually, when it's it's edible, we can actually give it away after the shoot we often leave it for like assistants to take home or the people that work in the studio yeah we don't throw away that much stuff which is which I think is great yeah because it feels horrible to throw away like 10 turkeys yeah you know I, I can't even think of how many or how much has been thrown away on past photo shoots yeah no it's 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 horrible I have, I do if we have like if we have like a lot I will call up like um uh, the Salvation Army or something, and ask them to come and get it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. And it looks great, too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> in the magazine, you actually have a section about a class that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in a beautiful studio. Which one was that? It was Shoot and Kitchen in Tribeca. Yeah. I yeah, got- that was really fun. Yeah. And what do you teach? I mean, what are the steps uh, that you give students? Well, it's uh, it's two parts. I talk about, you know, food styling, styling, all that stuff. And then I do it with Colin Cook, his photographer. And he he, he talks about uh, photography, yeah. lighting, um, finding the right angle, all that. <coughs> um, it's really fun. We just had it once. We're going to have it again this spring. And it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, it was it was amazing. I take them through, you know, picking up props, um, f- you know, making the recipes, um, finding the ingredients, finding the props. Um, and then I take them through the food styling of every image. Yeah. And set it up. And 
Then Colin shoots it. They can try. They can shoot it. We have a great lunch, and you know, it's it's fun, really fun. Yeah, and the majority of what you do during that class, as far as the images seemed in the magazine, are they just simple little tabletops, or yeah, yeah, yeah mostly. And there was a backdrop mm-hmm. underneath. Actually, the whole we we were shooting a real story. Yeah. For the spring issue. So it'll be in the spring issue. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I wanted people to see, you know, something something real. I didn't want to fake something. Yeah. I thought that was just silly. You show the fruits of their labor, too. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, people people had so much fun. They came from, like, there was one from D.C., one from Boston, um, one from Dallas, so I got a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, people are flying in. That's a little much. Um, but it was it was great. Yeah. They had a really good time. And is that studio all natural light? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use studio or do you try to hone in on this winter Nordic uh, illumination? <clears throat> well, I don't like... If, if, I, if, if I'm shooting for, you know, if I'm shooting for another magazine, I don't have anything to say really. You know, otherwise, then I'll do my job and that's it. But if we're shooting for Sweet Paul and the photographer comes and he puts up, you know, um, lighting, I sort of get start to itch because yeah. I don't like food that's lit with lights. Uh, I like natural light. Yeah. And even if it's like, you know, okay, if it's dark, we'll work with that, you know. And now it's a whole trend, you know, of things are, you know, a lot of shoots now are much darker yeah. than they used to be. What you know, the whole is? Nordic trend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you actually, had, and I commend you for this because I don't think people highlight this enough, um, a section all about winter greens. Mm-hmm. And as a photographer, I know two things that I like not shooting, <laughs> mm-hmm. and those are brown proteins yeah. and sauces mm-hmm. um, and cooked greens. They just always kind of look very, I don't know, unattractive. But contrasting it with all that darkness was just really beautiful and really... Uh, yeah, they did... Um, um, a guy called Kevin shot that. He did a really good job with that, I have to say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I, there's something about shooting food on something dark. It makes, it makes the food pop a lot. Yeah. You know, it just it just becomes very beautiful and very essential. Um, yeah, I love I love that that whole you know the whole dark vibe. Yeah, it's having worked in restaurants for years, the majority of plateware that you see is the opposite. Yes, is yes. white. Mm-hmm. Do you hope for that to change? I would love to go to a restaurant that have black plates. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, I think I mean. Noma specifically. Yes, uh, yes. I know they have a couple darker mm-hmm. palettes, and sometimes you get cheese on a black slate, or but yeah, the, the progression of the meal, um, the plates usually don't change that much. No, I'm. I mean, food always looks beautiful on a white plate. There are certain colors that doesn't work that well, like, like yellow, yeah. red, some greens. Um, it just kills the food. So I, I always tend to go for something. Very light, like white or cream, um, or um, something dark, like dark blue, dark purple, uh, black, dark, dark gray. It's really pretty. Yeah. So, what are the hardest things to shoot? 
Are they specific colors, textures, shapes? Well, you should actually ask a photographer for that. Yeah. Um, but what are the hardest things for you to style then for a photographer? So, uh, it, it, meat can be sometimes a little difficult. Yeah. Um, because of the texture and you know the, you have to you have to you have to get that really beautiful golden, um, crispy, outside for meat. Um, sometimes it's a little difficult. Um, I would say, I would say that might be the most difficult one. Um, other than that, everything has like everything has like a certain beauty to it. So, um, so yeah, I would say meat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had this other question circled, ready to go until you walked into the studio and you handed me a printed version of Sweetball. Oh, yeah. Why print? Why digital? What are the advantages? Pros, cons? Well, unless your last name is Hearst or Trump. Yeah. And unless you're a trust fund baby, it's, you know, I I don't have like millions of dollars to put into a printed magazine. Because giving out a printed magazine is really expensive. I feel honored then to have one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, while online... Is something that more or less everyone can do. It's not that expensive. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's online. You can get printed copies. So you go to madcloud.com and you can order copies. Oh, cool. What yeah. is Madcloud? They will. They, it's a print-on-demand service. So they will print um, any online magazine on demand. Huh. So, I mean, that might be a good thing for stylists and photographers to put together portfolios or their own. Yes, work. yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's great. Um I'm hoping, you know, in the future that it will be a printed magazine. I think it will be. Um, I'm just waiting for Oprah to call. Yeah. Oprah. Um, she listens to this show, you know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think it might be Gail that's calling. Yeah. Because, you know. <laughs> so, Gail, call me. <laughs> have you worked? Uh, I saw on your client, you've worked for Oprah Magazine. Yeah, I have. Past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you worked directly with? With Oprah? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't, not that many people come yeah, close to Oprah. Does she really exist? Well, I, I, I hear she exists. Yeah, yeah. I have people that know people that know people that have met her. Yeah. So, I mean, working for her, are you underneath the guise of her style? I mean... Yeah, they, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So what does... Well, let's just play this game. What does Oprah tell you to, you know, style? What does she tell you to do on set? No, but they will have a certain... You know, they have their their own aesthetics and yeah. their own color scheme, and they will tell you more or less more everything what to do. Yeah. Can you break down magazines and say, well, this magazine does this style, this color scheme. This oh, yeah. magazine yeah, does... Yeah. Certain magazines will, will give you a... <clears throat> will give you a color scheme. This is the colors you're supposed to work with. Mm-hmm. And they will give you a sketch... And they will give you the recipes. And they will tell you exactly how it's supposed to be. So, you know. Which which is fine, because, you know, it makes your life much easier. Yeah. Because then you know exactly what it's going to be like. But it's not maybe the most creative thing. But that's when you make your own magazine. Mm-hmm. You know? I see. So it was literally after 20 years of having other people tell you what to do that yeah. you realized. Yeah. 
you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah, it was it was it happened. I came home after a shoot and I was really upset <laughs> because I saw something really pretty turn into something that wasn't that pretty um, because of you know people, and uh, I was kind of like bitching about it. Yeah, and. Um, my partner said, well, make your own magazine then. And I was like, ha, 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 so funny. Who's going to pay for that? You? And then it sort of it sort of went with me, and I was like, oh. And then the whole you know, online thing came. So here I am. Yeah, perfect time. Seven, seven issues later. Excellent. Well, no, I'm, I've been a fan since day one. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. You know, I, I really appreciate you being on. And if you've not seen Sweet Paul Magazine, just type it into Google. SweetPaulMagazine-Digital.com to see it online. Um, it is a fantastic publication, and I do hope to see it in print because there's something lovely about having it in your hand as well. Yes, of course. It's yeah, it's nice to. I'm the kind of person that reads magazines in the bathtub, <laughs> and you know, I you got to get waterproof paper then. <laughs> well, I was more thinking like you know I shouldn't really bring my iPad to the yeah. bathtub, but yeah. I just still do. <laughs> But it would be much easier with a real magazine. No, so. I mean, I see that as the future. Underwater magazine. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Paul, so much. Thanks for having me. Excellent. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turhill. Hoping to have you next year, Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.